Welcome to Nerdscape Podcast, where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Cami, and I'm your host, Jablar. Welcome back. So this is Nerdscape episode 13. Yay. We are talking about the awesome graphic novel. It is called Under Earth, and it is from Top Shelf Productions, and it came out October 2020, and it is by the solo creatist. The writer, the illustrator, the cartoonist, Chris Gooch. Chris Gooch. He is from Melbourne, Australia. Actually has three published works already. Yep. Graphic novels in stores. Or we bought all of them. But he has Bottled. It's from 2017. And Bottled is kind of like, it has like a millennial tragedy of betrayal, like blackmail, deceit kind of story. But it has to like do with like friends. Like some friends like went off and was famous and came back and was kind of like the other one's jealous and does oh, some mean stuff to him. Nice. It's pretty crazy. And then he has the works called Deep Breasts. It came out in 2019 and it is a collection of comic shorts with such stories as like Space Bounty Hunters. Uh, it tracks down a frog princess. A group of friends go out for karaoke nights. And there's a, sto- a short story where there's a look into a, the perspective of a conscious subway cart. Huh. Like some really cool different s- spectrums of storytelling, like okay. in this stuff. And he won an award in 2017. He won the Lord Mayor's Creative Writing Award okay. uh, for his short strip, Moreland Mates. That, uh-huh. that was in the uh, collection of Deep Breasts. Dope. It's, it's a pretty cool story. It's just like an ad in a paper for like men's mental health. And then they, they like go there and they're like stretching and like drinking beers. Nice. Like, so it, I thought that was really cool one to win an award cool. for. <laughs> but yes, in 2019, he was, awarded, he was awarded the Vic Art Grant to support his new project, Under Earth. Nice. His work, it's like with the storytelling and illustration, it almost seems like a small movie, like you are watching as you read. Yes. And... I don't know if, if Chris Gooch is going to know who I'm talking about when I bring this up, but I hope so. His work reminds me of Darwin Cook's adaptation and illustration of Richard Stark's Parker graphic novels. Follows his character Parker. Okay. And he, they're like heist comic books, and they, it just has that like kind of movie-esque like, stuff about to like go down. grungy. Yes. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of those, go check those out. But Under Earth is an awesome book that new it just came out yes it is amazing it's brilliant and special for everyone today we have an interview with chris gooch yes it was so fun all the way across the world yes we had an opportunity to talk with him ask him all the questions we wanted and it was it was a great conversation it was a blast it really was and we can't wait to share it with you we hope we do this episode with justice yes we hope we do this episode with justice with, with passion because this comic book is awesome yes. and it's really awesome that the artist allowed us to have a conversation with them and you oh, know yeah. and ask them all the questions about this it's really awesome but yes let's jump into under earth uh, just give you a background setting before we get into characters the setting is delforge it is an underground landfill of a prison and it's a subterranean trash prison, so to speak. So it's just kind of a big great crater hole in the ground. Big old hole. Yes, and it starts off like some prisoners are like read their crimes, and they're like in this looks like a room with like these two prison guards. Whenever they give their little sentence, 
they're pretty much kicked out of a helicopter. Yes. And like the guards, like they have like black, they kind of look like stormtroopers from Star Wars a little bit. Not at all, like, but they have like black masks. They have black, like, they have like black armor. Well, it looks like they're wearing, um, what are the latex? Like a whole latex. I didn't even think about that. They're like, it's like SWAT latex, I guess. It's a whole latex. But they're, they're all kind of assholes and they all kind of like, and all the helicopters, like the Australian flag, and they got that. But they're also really stupid. Yes. <laughs> like the, the yes. like they're they're kind of like the stormtroopers in a way because they're just oh hey ID you just like all right good to go get in there yeah <laughs> they're exactly. stupid and I think even some of the prisoners like kind of joke about that like don't worry it'll be really easy to like trick a guard yes <laughs> but then yeah the prisoners are kicked out of a helicopter into a sinkhole of trash uh, in its underground prison. Um, and everyone's wearing, of course, the black and white stripes, usually, you know, this everything. Uh-huh. And I'm curious because in this prison city, there are, there are broken buildings and remnants of structures yes. all around. Yeah. I guess we forgot to ask Chris about that yeah, background, that's but maybe, true. maybe more in his stories, he'll, he'll he'll elaborate on that. I hope we'll, so. We'll, we'll talk to him again. Yeah. <laughs> if we could For Zoom like, call his ass, like, why are they Chris? calling me? <laughs> It's like, why are there buildings? We have questions. Yeah. What's underground city prison? Like, where do the buildings <laughs> come from? Uh, maybe he'll explain his next work. Maybe. Uh, but the environment speaks dialogues on its own. A lot of scenic spread. Prison in everyday life. Sleeping in old buildings and sleeping in canopies. And it, it creates an immediate world that feels like it lives even outside of the story. You know? Yeah. I feel like those characters, like, in prison still. No, yes. Doing this work. And it's just, it's like a almost like a machine or system you know and it honestly it feels real like it feels as if this is actually what's going on yes it feels like a journalist through a comic book and Uh it's like i was here yep exactly (laughs) do you work for vice (laughs) (laughs) but yes um the way this thing feels the tones and everything and just the characters like not even there's only four main characters in the story Mm -hmm. you can count five you want to count like a antagonist but the background is just it's alive yeah and so everyday life uh once you're submitted into this jail or just kicked into the pile hype or the trash pile tokens are issued out and they're used to barter in the prison system yeah um if you are a collector worker you go deep underground to tread through mercury vaporous black water to find useful items like tools novelties you can find old iPods, you can find like toys, machinery, and you sell these tokens. You pretty much turn it in and they're like, all right, here's 40 tokens for you if you right. do a good job. Um, so there's random nostalgic moments. So the people who barter on the streets, you can buy like toasters, typewriters, Xbox controllers, yeah, iPods, like I said, and cameras, tape players, big TVs, keyboards. And my favorite nostalgic item I saw throughout all this, the N64. Yeah. It makes... A beautiful, blushing red appearance. Yes, yes, it you, does. Oh, oh my God, it's one of the best uses for N64 I've oh, ever yeah. seen. And they're not playing with it. They're uh, it, it, just, just see it. It's it's so good. Yeah, I that's can't, why you gotta read just, it. I'm gonna say something awesome when N64 happens, and you gotta see it. Yeah. it's amazing. Dell Forge Prison itself has one star. Uh, in the sky, it's a it is rumored to be a hole 600 meters up that lets a glimmer of natural light in, and it torments the prisoners. Rough, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so rough. And so it's like, okay, that's some pretty dark. That you no, know, you can get get your little sarcastic comedy in this, but then you have like some yeah. s- seriousness, and you just have like you know some lost hope here. Yeah, basically, you are introduced to four main characters, of which 
the chapters in the story switch to as the story progresses. Um, and sometimes the action taking place, sim- it's sometimes the action takes place simultaneously. So yeah. you're getting like this back and forth between characters that like, you know, are going through stuff and like situations. Um, so you have like, to sum this up, like I had to use like general genre words for comic books. I would say this is like a high story. It has a little bit of thriller. Yeah. It has a satire. And honestly, it's, it feels like a movie. It yeah. feels like no, a, it really does. a really good, like it feels like a prison movie. The, the panel work just was done so well by Chris. Like, it's like a prison, it's an underground prison city. And then yeah. the part with the city is these prisoners kind of like have free will besides like, not free will, they live in a prison, they right. have a terrible life, but they don't have cells. Yeah, they still get they, to exist as humans. It's like their own society. Yes. But they have like little, you know, little stupid guards dressed in all I didn't yeah. even think that they were dressed in latex yeah <laughs> when I saw it I was just like they look like they're wearing latex but yeah so and have you ever seen the, the show Super Jill it might have a little vibe with that you ever seen Super Jill and Adult Swim no so if anyone if you like Jill stories and the, I personally have a affliction towards oh, that oh Super Jail Super Jail I thought you kept saying Super Jail and I was so, like no <laughs> Super Jail <laughs> okay you've seen that no. <laughs> okay. Well, Super Jail. This one is a more like down to earth story, and but I guess you know just the only thing that hasn't come with Super Jail would be like the prison city okay. aspect of it. So there's not a lot of prison city stories out there. Uh, but yes, and other than that, for me, the tones and the colors are some of the best part of this. Um, there's a lot of half dot uh, tone. And it's a chef's kiss on like the shading. Oh yeah, because it, it uses the, that comic book technique where you just use those dots to like create the shade. Yeah. And it's just the layers of it is just it's so good. It it's, is. it's done perfectly. This graphic novel is 560 pages long, but like I said, it goes by fast because the scene like it's just there's scenes and there's pace too. Yes. And the pace is really good. It really is. I, it's, yeah. it's like the perfect amount of length to read. Agreed. And last thing I'll say is the ending of this is one of the best endings I have read in a long time in any Let story. Let me tell you. It ends so well. Yeah. It like, I was halfway through this and I was like, man, I bet, I hope he ends this well. And then, sure enough. <laughs> oh man, you'll, you'll see in the interview, we talked to Chris, we, we talk about the ending as well, but yes. Take it away with Kim. All right. So let's get into our first two um, main characters. So we have Reese Dix- Dixon. Um, and so he is a prisoner who is in there for assault and witness tampering. He's a new prisoner. And he is very new. Fresh out of the city. Fresh meats. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. And he is kind of naive to everything that's going on. And he's kind of naive to the people and the type of people that are there. Uh, So he is basically trying to find his way. And he's just, he's kind of bland. And he, somewhat, he can, throughout the story, it kind of like progresses to show him like getting more angry and upset with how the system works oh, yeah. and how a lot of the people in there treat him. Well, that and, but he, he, he immediately goes into like the labor collector job. So he gets thrown into like the mine shafts. Yeah. And he doesn't know how life is down there. Like you got to protect yourself from like fumes. Right. And some people he's going down the shaft with are like losing their teeth. 
So, yeah. I mean, the lifestyle there is really bad. It really is. But if you don't work, you starve. Exactly. So he struggles a lot. He doesn't make a lot of token. We'll no. Say that much. Yeah. He he's he stays on the struggle bus. Uh, our next character is going to be Malcolm, and Malcolm is this mysterious tall guy. Just mysterious tall. You don't know what to expect from him, but <laughs> he's also kind. Yes. Harsh. Oh, yeah. But with some compassion, like he just, he, I think he struggled with his past. And so for him, he's trying to reconcile with that past while also keeping himself guarded and keeping himself um, protected oh, yeah. so that he can take care of himself because it's well, him first before anyone else. That's how it is in the prison system, you know, because you're indicating that he in the beginning immediately he starts helping Reese like he yes. he buys Reese a meal like right. he's, he sees Reese struggling and he you know gets Reese what he needs to carry on and so he has a good heart but he has a very violent past uh, Malcolm actually has this kind of encoded tattoo on his back that I wish I would have deciphered and asked <laughs> uh, I wish I would ask Chris about that too but um, it's an owl, two snakes, and a knife. Yeah. So he has this past of violence, but super nice guy, you know, wants to take care of himself, wants to take care of others, and he loves to read. Yes. He loves to read. He finds anything he can to read in yes. the story. That's so true. So our next set of characters, we've got Ellie. And Ellie is a quiet human. She also, um, she lives for the nostalgia of the past and she is trying to find a home within this present system. I think that she has been there a while and so it's all for her. She just wants to be at home somewhere. She doesn't really care where, but as long as there's home. And so she also just kind of is helpful gets kind of she has she doesn't have anxiety but she definitely gets flustered very easily when things aren't going oh, the yeah. way that they should so i mean granted you know being in a prison underground and there's no light i would be frustrated too if something didn't go right ellie just always has like she has a t-shirt on that has like some cool like novelty thing on it. Okay, yeah. And I guess that goes with if she sees something like an iPod or she sees something from the past, you know, from the real world, I yeah. guess. She's so she's very nostalgic about a lot of the past. So she has a lot of collectibles and novelties at her house. So a lot of things that her person believes that her things kind of help make who she is. Right. Which in a way is true. Yeah, no, absolutely. And but that leads to the other character, the, her counterpart. Uh, so we've got Zoe, and Zoe and um, Ellie are, I don't know, they're... They're thieves. They're th yeah. Yeah. They're true. They're, so they, they're, they're, they're introduced as thieves, and they, I don't know, it's pretty, I love the, the relationship, though. It's like, you know, Zoe's like the go in and get it done. Yes. And Ellie's like, you know, did you bring everything, you know, or you, you got to pick lock, whatever. 
and then that first scene where like they put a ski mask on yeah like, i think zoe puts a ski mask on like oh so you're burglars or you're thieves and then that's that ski mask like smile through the yeah. ski mask that's when i knew i was like this stuff is good oh, and yeah. it was like the, probably the i don't know the second chapter and i was like yes yeah <laughs> this, this is gonna be great no, like that yeah. smiling ski face <laughs> <laughs> yes continue. zoe is very much dedicated to escaping this prison so she is doing everything in her willpower to make sure that her and ellie can get to some type of uh, outside world from this prison. Find uh, some peace. Yeah, so they are doing everything and anything, um, trying to make money, trying to break into things and get to a point where they can be free. But Zoe is also super about taking care of Ellie. Like, that is her number one priority because she wants to be able to give Ellie a place to call home and so she is again doing anything in her power to make sure that ellie is taken care of yes and zoe, out. zoe is tough yeah she is um she takes the action character she will kill oh yeah she i was like kill an mf her she is <laughs> the best word that i could figure out to describe her she's tenacious oh yeah she and it's like when I say the action, it's like, oh, people are coming to the door. Okay, boom. Like, I'm on the door. Like, freaking yeah. make some moves. Let's get out of here. And But she hides her soft spot. Right. And it's kind of like a motherly type characteristic. But she's cool about it. She doesn't get like, you're invading my space and like, you want to know some emotion? She's just like, all right, come here, baby. Like, let's, yeah, let's no. She very much has that nurture about her. And oh, she yeah. plays it pretty cool. Because. <laughs> Ellie can be a little clingy sometimes. Yes, Ellie and Zoe. I like them too because it's like their colors. Like Zoe wears the yellow jacket. Yeah. And Ellie usually wears like a t-shirt with like some yellow kind of on the front of it. Uh -huh. And really great characters, all four of them. But Ellie and Zoe are working for someone. Yeah. So we've got Stefan. He is <laughs> the epitome <laughs> of a weasel. A weasel. And a weasel in a bad way. Uh, because, I mean, I think weasels are technically, like, super cute little things, but also vicious. Um, but Stefan, he is not a cute weasel. He's just nasty. Uh, he He's also considered the map king <laughs> because he holds the map to, like, big like the big buildings yeah, and oh my god he's so problematic and i i like i like stefan he's a great um, bad guy he's a great bad guy he's an evil dude he has yellow teeth and a scar down his lip and he has like some yellow like glasses that are always shining yellow and he owns a bar and at the bar he owns a pit fighting ring at the bottom of his bar yeah. and some characters come across it eventually and Ellie and Zoe work for him, and he's making deals for them. Tell him I got the map to the city, ladies. Like you can get out of here. And he's a bona fide villain, dirty teeth, gross snake of a villain. He is really gross. He, yeah, I. He is like the underground ruler of like. He he's like the black market ruler, and like he's yeah. a guy you he go a lot to of to be initiated into a gang. Yeah, he's he's a pretty I think bad one guy. Of his, I think one of his cousins is like pretty much a mean douchebag yeah. who just like picks on everyone with his king and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And so some of the characters like Malcolm and Reese stories, Malcolm and Reese stories taking place, and Ellie and Zoe stories taking place, 
and you get to see both of these happening mm-hmm. through different chapters and sometimes the chapters mix up their like contrast of everything right um yes this comic book is amazing under earth by chris gooch it is brand new came out october 2020 and i believe in actually australia just released recently yeah right? it did so and his other works are so amazing we're gonna go ahead and bring chris gooch on the show yeah please everyone welcome chris gooch yes the creator sole creator of under earth this amazing comic book graphic novel really if you will it's great uh, when we got this, we were blown away. I was kind of just like, oh, man, this is uh, almost 500 plus pages. How am I going to get through this? <laughs> it was a breeze. Yeah, it was a really good read. Um, but yes, uh, tell us a little about yourself, like where you're from and everything like that. Uh, sure. Well, thank you for having me first. And thank you for saying nice things about my comic book. Um, <laughs> so I'm Chris. I live in Melbourne, Australia, which is sort of down the bottom of the, the big continent. Um, I've probably been making comics for maybe like eight years or something, basically since I finished high school. Um, and like you said, Under Earth is like 550, 560 pages, so it's the biggest, yes. <laughs> longest comic book that I've done to date. Um, and it's taken maybe on and off, maybe four years, like overlapping with other projects and taking breaks and doing lots of revisions and stuff. Okay, that's so, awesome. yeah. Yes, he is coming to us from around the world, basically. Yay. 17 plus hours ahead. Yes. So we are excited to have him on Nerd Escape. Uh, but yes, we'll start off going to answer the question there. The first question we're going to ask you is, how long have you been writing and illustrating comic books? Like, where did you come to find a passion for it? Well, I always liked comics and I always liked drawing. That's not a very interesting answer. Um, but I went to like art school, so like, studying contemporary art after high school. Um, I did an undergrad there, and the process of going through that was sort of like, I don't know, dipping my toes into sort of illustration or, or contemporary art or installation, not really liking it, always returning to making comic books. Nice. And, and narratives and sequences and stuff. Um, so probably, what, how old am I, 27? <laughs> Yeah, maybe nine years now. I always like, love that calculation. You're, you're getting older yeah. now. So you start going like, how the hell old am I? <laughs> yep. Once you yeah. get around your 30s, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, and you're, you're real inspiration. I am like on the beginning cusp of, because now that I'm analyzing comic books more and more, I want to write narratives and I want to write comic, draw comic books. So what would you say the hardest thing about getting that drive to do the work is? Like, what what is your... What's the hardest step to starting a narrative or a comic book? Well, uh, maybe when I was younger, I would have said like, you know, just starting and putting yourself out there and getting over that initial hump of just being like, I fucking hate everything I do. And to <laughs> not show anybody. Now I'm a bit older, it's probably like, like finding time and money. And the older I get and the longer I keep doing this, the more the trade-off for being able to have decent amount of time to draw and write comics is working yeah. like shitty dead-end jobs so finding finding a job that I don't hate and finding a balance right. is probably probably the hardest thing for me yeah. and probably other people my age at the moment <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, and that, that honestly that that question was a, a ad-lib one for me because I just wanted some advice so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you 
But next question. Yeah. So who are your biggest influences specifically within writing and illustrating? And who are some of your current favorites? Well, biggest influences. I read a lot of manga as a teenager and I still sort of dip in and out. So probably my favorite artist ever, like illustrator is Teo Matsumoto. Okay. Um, who does like ping pong and number five. And my favorite by him is, um, I'm sure I can't pronounce it properly, but Takamitsu's Samurai. Okay. Which is like yes. he illustrated it and like an author who's a an actual like monk wrote it. It's re- really love it. Oh man. Nice. And then of course like Akira and all that stuff. It's like it's sort of an odd tension. Like I look at my bookshelf now and like 50% of it is like stuff that I loved when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I've Maybe not mixed feelings, but I would be a little bit embarrassed to be like, this is my most important comedy. <laughs> Dark Knight Returns. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yes. Is like, I love that comic. I don't think I'd love it if I read it for the first time now. I think I'd be like, what the fuck is this sort of like right wing <laughs> bullshit propaganda? But like, I just have so much affection for it that came from rereading it so many times and having it be sort of performative, like, oh, this is what comic can be. This is really exciting. I've never read something that was a comic that wasn't just, like American comics, that wasn't just manga that was so engaging. Right. And um, that was my first experience with, with Duck Knight Returns. But here, <laughs> like that book with Frank Miller is, it's it's a, it's a it's weird my, thing to really It's enjoy. one of my favorites as well. Really good. I love but that. But that shit was the first comic book when I read it. I was like, this is dark. <laughs> when yeah. Joker like cracks his neck and like kills himself. Like, oh man, it was, it was, it was bad. <laughs> That's... Yes, and like as a fourteen-year-old, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever!" And then yes. like now, I watch like a Zack Snyder movie, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is so crazy and lame!" Like, fuck that approach. But I still love that book. Have you read his recent one? He's just published, well, within the last six months, like a, a another sequel. Oh, the Dark Knight no, Returns came out. No, I have not. Way to put that on it's the list. <laughs> yes. Fucking Batman versus Trump. It's <laughs> no. Yeah, like oh, Trump, he's it. not a character in it, but it's like mm-hmm. alternative universe. Trump is running for governor, um, and the Joker and Darkseid are using Trump as a puppet to like stoke civil unrest oh, and man. like wow. fracture America or whatever. And then, Bat- <laughs> well, it doesn't have Batman. It has Carrie Kelly as Batgirl or Batwoman or whatever, and she's like on the streets with the protesters and the Bat Army. It's, it's, I don't know. But no, I'm surprised we overlooked that going yeah. to the comic book store. We've been, but no, we'll definitely check that out. Talking back with the mangas, I've just kind of broke my cusp with that. I, I wish I read mangas when I was younger because they're just yeah. so beautiful and just like that. Uh, so I've started reading Dr. Stone since I'm a, I'm, oh, a yeah. chemi- I'm a chemistry nerd. So I just dug through, I've been driving through Dr. Stone and then uh, Bakuman. I just bought the first one of that. And that comic book is about making mangas. Right. And so it's, it's a comic book that's just about a kid who's really good at art and like his friend who wants to write for him, like inspires him. He's in middle school. He's like, you should be a manga artist. And like in Japan, it's like really a risky gamble to not be a businessman or whatever. But yeah, so I love that. But anything new that you've been digging into? I've been reading Hickman's X-Men, the stuff okay. that's been coming out recently. Okay. Have you guys touched, like, have you guys read that? Mm-mm. No, I have not. It's really like, it's really cool. But I also had to watch a YouTube video explaining half the characters and the backstory because, like, even though it's meant to be like a reboot and it's meant to be accessible, it's definitely not. If you ever read oh, like a hundred X Men comics, See, I had someone recommend me uh, the House of X. That it was that's like a, it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
Hey, I tried. I tried to read that. Like I, I told a, a friend at work, we were talking about comic books and he was like, oh, I have it. You can borrow it. And I started reading it and I was just like, I don't know where the hell I'm at. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried that one. Maybe I got to give it a second try. I don't know. Cause I was lost in that one. <laughs> you have, it's like two series. So you have to buy the omnibus or Oh, good Lord. I've been, I borrowed my friend's Marvel Unlimited digital <laughs> thing. So I've been reading all through that. Oh, but nice. I had to sort of get through the first like four issues before I really had an idea what was going on and who everybody was. Okay. But I was really, 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 it's really cool. The, okay, at least I, that initial House of X, Powers of X is great. I like read like two issues and I gave it back to my friend and he, he was very disappointed <laughs> in me. He was actually very disappointed in me. He was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I'm just not into it. <laughs> but um, yes, we'll go to the next question. Uh, we have, uh, after reading this comic book that you graciously gave us, uh, I picked up Deep Breaths and I picked up Bottled. We read all those and I noticed because, and I guess I've never really touched an artist that was from another continent. So you do have Australia as your background setting in all your work. Um, and especially in Under Earth, uh, there's an immersed showing of Australia as a very authoritative figure, <laughs> like just with the the prison guards and everyone with the, you know, Australia's flags like painted on all their suits and on the helicopters. And I, I got kind of an ominous feeling from Australia reading the comic book, honestly. Um, and I was just wondering, like, what is your relationship with Australia? Like, how are things on the other side of the earth? Um, well, this might be interesting. Where are you guys from? Like, which state? We are from Texas, Austin, Texas. Texas. Yes. Yeah. And what is like? What do you know about Australia? Oh man, I know the bare minimum. The what we see on TV is the fires, uh, right. koalas, <laughs> Steve Irwin. The uh, bare I'm just saying what I see on TV, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. That, don't that, go on. That, I, I, oh, oh, and just every Discovery Channel thing I watch as a kid, it's like a fucking snail. If you step on it, will kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a lot of deadly poisonous animals there. Um. <laughs> Diggory that dudes. Like, yeah, I, that's, I'm just, I'm not trying to be rude, but that's all we know from our American so bullshit media. No, that's fine. That's sort of like, you know, if you just had sort of, you know, asking people off the top of their head, like, what do you think that's really like, really sort is. of one common avenue is like kangaroos, Devo, and, you know, yes. big right. fucking spiders. The other one is like, um, I remember reading some tweet or some blog post and someone being like, oh, I was in Germany and I met this German there. And she was like, oh, you're Australian. You guys were in concentration camps. If we did that now, you would be calling us Nazis. Oh, so wow. like, so we have a terrible, terrible fucking track record. Or not even track record, we have a program of punishing refugees that come to our country by wow. a specific certain route. So people that come here by a boat. Um, they've become a political scapegoat uh, for the, the right. And they sort of use it as like red meat or, or wardrobe to incite, I don't know, racist hordes and stoke racist fears in Australia to win votes, essentially. Wow. Um, wow, we so, did not know that at all. At all. Yeah, and we had, I mean, there, there are things, a lot of things I'm proud about in my country. We have a minimum wage, we have social services and things like that. But the government we have at the moment and the liberals we've had for a long time, and even our, our Democrats are called Labour, like, the okay. extent to which they capitulate to the right and let them control a narrative and will just be bullied into making human rights violations for political points is obscene. Um, so 
that's that's what the the ominous reference of um of, yes and of i so i felt like a deeper like message in this under earth as i was reading it and it hits hard with me because i just in america and in the world in general growing up because i've had family personal very close family in and out of prison systems my whole life and so right when i saw this was a, a prison a, you know a prisoner story where the, the main characters are prisoners i immediately reflected off it i i knew seeing australia's black symbol flag uh -huh. in this i was like there's something to that and i we had no idea that this was about the mistreatment of refugees and it's how the government is just basically violating human rights right which this comic book <laughs> they're violating a lot oh of yeah human rights. hands down wow um, thank you for that message yes well i mean i i don't want to claim that it's not about necessarily about the experiences of the refugees who are in the camps here because in fact that's so grim i got no place to to trying to pick that but like my my country is like our government does awful i mean like america does awful awful things yes. yeah yeah like, i mean we're in texas or yeah. my family's uh my side of the family is from McAllen, Texas, and that's the main place where they keep the kids in the cages for like the Mexico border and everything. Right. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. I think this. I remember that starting, and there being a lot of outrage over here, and then also at the same time being like, we already fucking do that. Like, like there's like a lot of people being like, this is so awful. Because a lot of Australians like read and ingest a lot of American political stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like yeah. oftentimes on Twitter, what's trending in Australia will be fucking like hashtag Mitch McConnell or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's bureaucracy. It's like, look oh. at you doing the same thing yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Look, look away from us for a bit. I mean, we that's... recently had um, at the UN, there's this amazing clip of North Korea mm -hmm. condemning our human rights record. <laughs> like it's, I mean, I think it's definitely because our prime minister is having a spat with China and oh, they're probably trying to get digs in but like it's fucking insane that north korea's like stop running concentration camps it's yeah yeah oh, wow another reason my listeners you need to read this it will open your mind to maybe be a better human rights activist or just oh, treat absolutely. human beings better because prisoners people in certain circumstances behind cages or in a humongous crater prison <laughs> they have they have emotions too and they yeah. are people please <laughs> But yes, thank you for that next question. Yeah, so we noticed that the colors yellow and purple were used um, very prominently. What is the significance with choosing those two colors? Uh, I remember reading this question when you sent it to me. I don't have a good answer. It's, okay. uh, I generally use spark colors, like with bottled and with uh, deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Like it's just how I color because um, almost like an efficiency thing like maybe up until now i've sort of had the approach that i want to get as much done as quickly as i can i don't want it all to be perfect i just want to get it done and get it out there okay um, so spot colors so okay. cool so yeah, spill it. <laughs> my my perspective while i was reading it i was like yellow and purple and so growing up in grade school i used to enjoy using the colors yellow and purple and orange and purple because they were contrasting colors so whenever i read under earth and i saw the yellow and the purple i was just like wait a second this is kind of showing the two different aspects of the the characters on different perspective or different points within the story so it was just kind of showing the contrast between you know yes both of them are trying you know both sides of characters are trying to make it but 
there's also a different level of emotion to each side. So I was like, there's that contrast there. So I was like, this, the, the colors were very significant in my opinion. I was like, these are cool. Cammy thinks really deep sometimes, but honestly, that's art. Art is- Yeah, no, I like I that reading it. a lot. So and what would you, like, what was the impression that you got from the yellow and that like, what do you think the yellow did for the set of yellow characters versus the purple ones? Like, what was the- the yellow it definitely gave me a little bit more hope in terms of how the story was going to play out and it just kind of gave you this sense of um it gave me a little bit sense of peace in terms of the characters like these characters had really done their best to kind of get to where they needed to be within the story and they were really trying to reach a goal and they were doing everything they could like really a lot of hard working trying to chug along and get to where they need to be and then the purple kind of was just very very constructed and it was just like there was no hope and it just seemed like everything like boom 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 like they just could not get to like this they could not reach it was so difficult it's it's that chapter fuck the chapter's titled fuck oh yeah and it is it is one of the best chapters like i was yeah once once i got through that i was just like oh like i was just like yes this is awesome and it's uh ellie and zoe's chapter is in yellow and then malcolm what he's going through is in purple and it's just it's contrasting back and forth to the scenes mm-hmm. it is beautifully done and i i didn't really get that perspective until she told me and i was like oh yeah and then malcolm has to go through some dark shit. yeah and then like there's a point where the red kind of fades into both portions yeah. the yellow and the purple so it's just like this is kind of pulling both sides of the contrast together and i really like that see what you did to our minds chris (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like no i really like that reading that's really cool um oh the purple i did pick the purple because um how would i put it so the scenes where they're doing the underground mining they're in the big cave at the bottom Mm -hmm. yeah like the purple was the best color i could find that would fit that so it does totally make sense that it's sort of that dank oppressive yes um yeah there you go. Because but it's my, like a dark purple. It's like a grayish purple. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is good. Yeah. And then yellow, I think I just like yellow. I need something that contrasted or complemented well. Okay. But um, the idea was like, I wanted to have the two different spot colors so I can do what was in that fuck chapter and at the very end where it's sort of like, shit, we should probably say the chapter title is called fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just realized when I said that. Um, yeah. So I wanted to have those two spot colors so I could do that film thing of cutting back and forth immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the climax to every Christopher Nolan movie is like five things happening at the same time. It was yes. intercutting faster and faster and faster and faster. Oh my God. It yeah. was done really well. Yeah. You, you ever thought about getting into actual screenwriting? You're thinking like that already, man. <laughs> you do a good job I mean, at it. It's like a fantasy, but comics is... Well, if you're writing and drawing a comics, the great thing is you can like make your own movie without having to. Very true. Like, recently, I've been through the process of trying to pitch something like to a bunch of animation people. It's sort of like having to sit down and explain all your ideas and explain exactly what you want before you finish the whole thing is it's very odd and I don't like it and I don't have those skills. So it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to just do the full complete thing right? and just tinker with it until you think it's totally done. Okay. Okay. All right. These next two questions are going to go around the table here. I guess we'll start off with me and Cammie first. 
Uh, Oz, it's Cammie. What was your favorite thing about Under Earth? Um, so my favorite thing about Under Earth definitely had to be the character building as well as a lot of the character dynamics. I really enjoyed seeing because yes, it's 550 pages and you get a lot of quick clips, but, and the, you know, it's more of a graphic novel where you don't have a lot of dialogue. There's just enough that you can understand the story and hear the story. So there was plenty of character building without having so many words. And for me, that's so important, especially in something that is very um, art driven. So I really liked how the characters were, I was just like, I understand this person's life story. And I really liked how each of the characters interacted with each other and then kind of like, just kind of flowed through the whole entire story. Yes, and with the 500 plus pages, there's it, you just set the tone so well. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing about it was I love the tone in this comic book. Um, not only particularly because of the colors and just of the passing the setting, but I love that you use the half dot effect, the half tone dot effect. Um, I've seen that subtly in modern comic books and because it's more of a retro technique, but seeing that throughout this under earth and then your past worked as bottled and deep breaths i love it and just like use it for shadow of faces on the bodies use it for body shadowing building shadows it's just it's just a simple technique but yet it's like it perfectly created the tone for everything and i remember going through it and i'm just like there's just i was like there's just dots and it looks so good like yeah. and it hit me i was just like i maybe i could do this <laughs> but i i loved the tone of it like the tones of this comic book like it's it's a character in itself it's really good yeah go ahead i was gonna say thank you that's very nice to you thank you yes we we loved it yeah. but same question to you as a creator or even a fan from your perspective of the finished product what was your favorite thing about under earth um well well i'll show these to you guys so these are the original whatever these are the original versions of under earth oh wow um, so i printed these myself with a friend and they're all risographed see they're bound yeah i got some money from our state government to to do it so my favorite thing about this book is the different like little versions it has of itself probably like it has these ones that i had to fucking carry around in my car boot and self-collate <laughs> and like they fall apart after you read them like more than four times oh no but they're like they're dirt cheap to buy so if anybody complains about that fuck them um, <laughs> uh, and then like having these sort of like disposable pulpy versions and then the really nice like top shelf did a good job of, of like the binding and the french right. folds and just, I just like that it opens nicely and it has a proper spine that doesn't immediately crack and die like these other ones. <laughs> um, so this is the first time I've had a comic that sort of like has different formats and different forms. Oh, I should hold them up. Um, different formats and different forms and stuff. And I open them inside, see so they're all... They're all oh, the, wow. The that's amazing. Anyway, that's my favorite part about the project. Okay, awesome. a lot of different formats. That yeah. came. So a lot of it took a lot of growth to get to the final project. I see, but <laughs> so Jabalar, who is your favorite character? My favorite character. I'm going to the dark side. I loved Stefan Opton, or AKA the Map King. <laughs> <laughs> that so 
I read it the first time and I was like, oh, this guy's bad. And I read it the second time and I'm like, ew, like this guy has yellow reflective eyeglasses that like match his yellow grimy smile. And he has that like scar down his like upper lip to his lower lip to his mm-hmm. chin. And I'm just like, this guy looks really bad. Like he was like, he, he looks scary. And, you know, Zoe and Ellie like interact with them. They're kind of like, all right, dude, what's up? Or you're the map person, right? And he's like, come on, guys, don't do me like that. <laughs> so he's like that silly Dr. Evil kind of character, but with a little more spice. Like he's like very scary. So I just, I loved, it's a really good villain who I loved hating throughout the read. And through the book, I was just like, this motherfucker better get his. Like, I hope <laughs> he gets his. And it's it's a great read. You got to find out if he does. Um, and I'm curious, like, was there any inspiration for that character because that that you found from real life? No, I think it's a character that sort of like, like I did the design and I was like, oh, he looks evil. He's evil. He'll just be evil. Like he's nice. pretty straightforward. He's just a piece of shit that wants to like, you know, accrue wealth and, and fuck people over to get what he wants. Yeah. Uh, Cammy, who's your favorite character? I'm going to have to go with Zoe. I just... I have a thing for strong characters who literally are taking the lead and trying to do the best for not just themselves, but for the people that they care about. And that is exactly what Zoe did. She's like, I'm going to get us out of here. I don't, yes, you forgot the screwdriver, but that's fine. (laughs) We're going to keep going. (laughs) Um, So it just she was very tenacious she was trying to get a job done and she was doing it and i really love characters who are just driven to be the best for not only themselves but for others she held it down she, she had did. to question to you who was your favorite character chris from uh under earth oh mine's zoe as well like i, I just like that like i like the sort of the compassionate sort of mom character who keeps getting sort of like Push down is trying to do their best. Like I like them. I like characters and just people in general who have a sense of like a guilt that they're that they're you know not doing well enough for the people around them and like her trying to sort of make amends even though she doesn't really need to make amends. Yeah. Yeah, she was. I great. definitely got that. She was like, I was just like, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> your best. And man, and you had. She had one of the best kills of all time in any story uh but yeah that's about wraps it up for the q a on nerd escape but so we want to take this opportunity thank you chris gooch yes. for reaching out to us all the way across the world um from australia to give us this comic book we loved it and we appreciate it so we want to take the rest of this time to give you the floor um so you want to say anything you want to promote anything um we saw that you were working on some more work uh, work on instagram and twitter so yeah feel free to just rip it up oh yeah uh, my new thing that i've been working on for the past year how do i put it i did a year of uni which you guys call college so i did like an honors year um during covid Holy so i wrote like a thesis and i drew like a draft of a comic book so i'm starting to sort of do the final revisions of that okay now and i post most of the the sketches and and working and making of stuff um, on Instagram. Oh, and also I did like a making of like a DVD extras comic for Under Earth that 
is on my Twitter and Instagram, oh. I think. So it's sort of like, I think it's like 40 pages and it sort of just goes through like, I don't know, the four years oh, that it wow. took me to make it. Okay. No, that's, oh, I'm what, Chris Cooch44 on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. This was an amazing Q&A. Um, we appreciate your work. Keep it coming. You're an inspiration. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Chris Gooch. Uh, yeah, let's stay in contact, man. We'll we'll come out with something new. You'll be the first one to be on here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'll send you guys. I mean, it's going to be fucking ages, but I'll, I'll send you the next thing. <laughs> All right, and if I, if I ever make my comic book, I'll send it your way as well. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thanks again, Chris Gooch, for interviewing with us. It was such a pleasure. It was awesome. Uh, It was over. I was just like, I want to be his friend. Right? (laughs) Like, Chris, can we be friends? (laughs) That was awesome. I had so much fun doing that. Uh, We hope to do more interviews for sure. Look out for Chris Gooch. Get under earth. If you get anything from us, go out and get this. Yes. This please. one is it so far is the best. I know 2020 2021 just started. I know 2021 just started, but this is the best read of 2021 yeah. so far. It it's awesome. Yeah. Under okay. Earth, Chris Gooch, episode 13, Under Escape, over. Yes. So thank you guys for listening. Um, of course, as always, please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please definitely go rate and give us a, uh, a review. We would appreciate it a lot. And of course, please come to Instagram. And come, come to Instagram. Give us a shout out. Come talk to us. In come, the, come share our page. Yeah. You know, click like on something. Like our stuff. Yeah. We share our pictures of the comic book and some panels there. It's our way of giving you a visual. Yeah. But... You just, 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 you should just go get this comic book. Oh yeah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yes. Thank you again, Chris Gooch. That was awesome. Thank you, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Until then, this is Nerd Escape, where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host Jablar, and I'm your host Cami. Deuce. Bye. Stay nerdy. Bye.